0: All right, Norman, if you'll pray for our time in the Word.
1: Lord Jesus, thank you again for for this beautiful day, Father God, for the privilege that we have, Father God, that we come together as a family of God and worship you and honor you in spirit and truth, Father God. Father, we are here today, God, because we realize Father God we know that you are God and God alone that you are the true God mm. we know that you are the Messiah the Son of God the Son of the Living God Father God we are here today Father God because you have set us free from sin and death Father Yes. we are here today Father God because you have rescued us from darkness to your mar- and, and, you, and put us into your marvelous life Father God and we are standing in, the, in, the, in that rock that cannot be shaken Father God thank you Lord and the, Father, we are here because, because we love you, because you first love us, Father God. Mm. Father, we are here today, God, because we realize that you are the breath of life, the living water, the and one people. that can satisfy us, Father God, the one that says, come, come to me.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: And I will make all things new. Come to me, abide in me. Lord, we need you. Yes. We need you every single second. Without you, God, we are lost. Without you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. God, you are our strength. You are our comfort, our peace, healer, provider. God, help us, Holy Spirit. help us to walk according to your will help us to be your people help us to be your ambassador Lord Jesus help us to abide in you every day Lord Jesus Father help us to to be bold and courageous to tell someone about you about your great love and mercy Lord God we hold the word of eternal life, Father God. We know that you are true. We know that you are the Son of God. Yes. So Father God, this morning we come together to worship you, to honor you in the spirit and in truth, Father Christ. God.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Lord, your word declare as I've been thinking this morning, Father God, to love those who hate us to pray for those who mistreat us, Father God. Lord, there are your family, your sons and daughters, around the world and even in this nation. They have been persecuted for your namesake. We're standing right now in the gap, Father God, Father God, to pray for those who hate us. They need you, Father open their eyes to see your great love for them. They are your son and daughters as well, Father God. And we should intercede on their behalf as well, Father. So we thank you, Father, that you have given us everything that we need to live a godly life. So we come together, Father God, right now this morning to say, Father God, speak to us help us not just to be here of the word of God but to be doers how beautiful are the feet of those Father God who bring the gospel, who share the gospel Father God we pray this morning for our pastor God is strengthening him as he's going to deliver the message that you already have planted in his heart Father God continue to use him to be bold and courageous God that he will not ever ever be ashamed of the gospel and no matter what comes on his way Father God we will continue to stand. Stand for truth. Yes, because we know, Father God, that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, against the principalities. But we, Father, you have given us the light. You have given us the weapons our, 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 for our warfare, Father God. So Lord Jesus, please strengthen us in this hour. For ahead of us. Father God, we you all things are possible. Mm. So we get this morning, this day, this time to you, Father God, speak to us, have your way, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.
2: you sure.
0: This morning. I thank you, Father, that you are the all-consuming fire. Thank you, God, that it's your desires that none shall perish, but all would come to the saving knowledge of you through your Son, Jesus. Such great To be a living sacrifice, that yes. we wouldn't continue to long for the temporal things of this earth, but that we would set our gaze upon you, Lord Jesus. Lord, and in us, through us, Father, I pray that we would be yielded vessels, children of the living God, that we would live as unto Christ and Christ alone. So strip us, I pray, God. whatever that looks like for each of our lives. You are the refiner. So have your way, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, Good morning. Good morning. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 cannot mock the justice of god so don't be misled you can't mock the justice of god you will always harvest what you plant and as i've been sharing with us for quite some time now are we really grasping this one verse don't be misled don't be carried away by false doctrines false teachings Don't be carried away by the things of this world or from the desires that are from within because you cannot mock the justice of God. God is holy. God is pure. God is right. God is love. God is good. Remember, there's no error found in God. The error is found in us. But God is pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus that we would come to the saving knowledge of who he is That we would forsake this life and gain life, eternal life, through Christ. That we would abide in Christ, that we would receive the love of God and realize that we were created for His love, not for His wrath. And that God was pleased to reveal Himself to us. That don't be misled the justice of God you cannot mock the justice of God you're going to harvest what you plant you're going to reap what you sow so if you're sowing to the flesh to that old rebellious nature that is what's going to be brought back upon you but if you're sowing to that which is good which is true, which is right, which is pure, which is holy You know, the Bible says that we're no longer to be slaves to sin, but we're to be slaves to righteousness. Because we are to be people of God, that we are the people that have been transferred from darkness into light. We have been adopted. We have been engrafted into his family. We have been given the right to call him Abba, to call him Daddy. This is God you and yet, when we, read, when we read Scripture, and oh, how I pray that you're reading Scripture, that you're meditating upon Scripture, that you're seeking to, to Him with your whole heart, that you're just not satisfied with a lukewarm life, but no, you want to be close to your God, to your Creator. And so as you seek Scripture, and remember, Scripture is alive and active. This isn't just a a good book of stories. This isn't just a historical book. No, this is the Word of God, the living Word. And it has been transforming lives forever. (laughs) And it will continue to transform lives. It's the living Word of God. And so as you're studying and as you're learning of your God, as you're you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, as you're seeking a more intimate fellowship with Jesus, His Word would be revealed to you. You will receive the insight, the wisdom, the discernment, and the understanding, and the power to apply it. And so as you're seeking it, you'll see that the truth, is what sets us free. Freedom. That this world and nothing of this world could give. Peace, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Like being able to live how we were purposed from the beginning. We weren't meant to remain in the the state of rebellion. No, we are created for His love. We're created, remember, from the beginning, God's plan throughout all eternity is that He will have a people that He will call His own and in return they will call Him their God. Their God. They would live for Him. They will honor Him. They will respect Him. They will love Him. Remember the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, with all of your strength. Like He transforms us. And so his word tells us that this is freedom. This is truth. And just as that revelation, that truth is revealed to us, he opens up our understanding that that is going to be what's going to the world, the system of the world, Satan, the enemy of the church, and your own very nature within you, your flesh, is going to war against that truth. You're going to be combated every single day, moment by moment by moment, step by step by step, trying to strip you of that truth. But we must remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And that we can stand, that we don't have to cave in, that we don't have to live in fear, we don't have to to to, 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 to just... Crumble every time life blows up against us, but that we are able to stand and stand there for then and move forward no matter what our circumstances are. Because God is good and He transforms us. Remember, the Bible says, How does He transform us? By changing the way we think. Jesus Himself says, You must be born again of a new nature. Of a new nature. And yet, what's happening and has happened and will continue to happen in the body of of the church is this false gospel being peddled out so that the transforming power of Jesus Christ is not displayed to the lost. We're to be a new creation, holy, set apart. Everything that we need, the Bible says He's given us. We can live a transformed life. We can be satisfied with Christ and Christ alone. I mean, think about that. I want you to think about your own walk. I want you to think about each and every single day what you must face every single day just to live according to the truth and to whom you say you belong to. I want you to think about it. I want you to look at the condition of other Christians in your life. I want you to look at the condition of the church at large. Where's the hunger? Where's the desire for Christ? To live for Christ, especially because we as the body of Christ should be discerning the times. Because we know that right before His return, there's going to be a great falling away. (laughs) The love of many is going to grow cold. People are not going to want to hear truth. In fact, the church is going to be persecuted like it's never been persecuted before all throughout the earth and that's what's happening in our day and age right now and we've got to awaken to this concept that we are not to be a defeated people but we, have been a, we are a liberated people he who the sun sets free is free indeed do you cherish your freedom in Christ? I mean, I really want you to ask yourself that question today. Do you understand what rights you have been given as a follower of Christ? Do you understand what you have received, what you have inherited? Not because of anything you have ever could do, but all because of what He has done for you. You can't come to church enough, you can't do all the good stuff enough to make God love you anymore. Because it's not about your works. He loves you because of Christ. He loves you because of Himself, because God is love. And He begins this work in us. He designed you. He purposed you. And I love this quote I want to share with you this morning. It's from this pastor from years ago. His name is J.C. Ryle. He says to be born again is to enter into a new existence. To have a new mind, a new heart, new views, new principles, new tastes, new affections, new likes, new dislikes, new fears, new joys, new sorrows, new love to the things once hated. New hatred to the things once loved. New thoughts of God, ourselves, the world, the life to come and salvation. To be born again. It's a new existence. And I told you before, and I think I shared it with you last week, our, every, every single day that we have been gifted, we should be seeking Christ and asking Him, how then now should I live? Because we're not to be living for ourselves. I to be living for Him. Like if we're truly drawing near to Him, He's going to reveal to us what we need in this hour and this day. And church is under attack. Deception is running amok. And if you've been around for a few years, I've been sharing it to us. I've been encouraging us to to be grounded, to be rooted, because it's only going to get crazier. Deception, Truth is going to be twisted. And the level of chaos that's happening in the church now. I don't know what you follow on, on social media. But oh my goodness. For years I've been following all these different ministries. Different pastors who have been solid ministries. Who have been solid pastors. And over the past two months. It's as if they forgot what they've taught all these years. They have fallen. Pray to the deception that is there. And now they're turning and they're saying things to their congregation. They are pastors. They are to be shepherds of God's people. And they're leading them astray. And we're just not talking about one here and there. We're talking about multiple ones who have huge platforms And the Christians, the majority of them, are following right along with it. And the ones who are standing up saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you doing? They're attacked. They're lashed out upon. (laughs) And I say, God help us. God help us if we're not grounded. God help us. He tells us in the last days what it's going to look like. Like, It doesn't even make sense (laughs) to name the name of Jesus and remain the same. I've told you, the Jesus that has been preached for quite some time is not the Jesus of the Word of God, the, the true Christ. The Jesus that you hear preached a lot about, he's still in the tomb. They either have him still in the tomb or he's still on the cross. And we all can accept that, Jesus. Oh, he went to the cross for me. Such great love displayed. Yes, Jesus, I believe. And then it stops there. But the Bible tells us: if that's all he did, we're fools. We're fools. And so if we don't, if we're not preaching that he's just On the cross. We're preaching that he's in the tomb. (laughs) And we can be comfortable with him still in the tomb. Because oh look at our precious Savior. Look what he had to endure for us. What love was displayed. And we can sound like we have an understanding in the concept. But our God in whom we're saying we believe is still in the tomb. And if that's where he's at. He's no God at all. And I've been sharing over the past months. No, if we're Christians, we believe, yes, he went to the cross. We understand the purpose of the cross, he took our punishment on the cross, he endured what we deserve. His purpose was the cross from the beginning before God spoke the earth into existence. The cross was purposed. The tomb, he had to be placed in the tomb for three days. But as believers, those whose eyes have been opened because God is pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus, We believe He rose from the dead. And that's why the Bible is very clear. You You must have a belief and you must have a confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead. Not that He died on the cross. Not that He was just buried in a tomb. But that He rose from the dead. And because He rose from the dead... We can be born again. Sin is no longer our master. We can be transformed. And it's an ongoing process of this sanctification. And it doesn't mean that you won't sin. It's just that it means you won't be a slave to sin. You won't keep desiring what you desired. You won't keep acting how you used to act. You are being transformed by the power of God. The Bible says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. And if we as the church have that power in us, what are we doing still shacking up and chained to the old man or the old woman or the old desires or the old life? Because no, none of that fits me anymore. And I'm not going to trade my freedom... For bondage I was talking to a brother the other day And sometimes he just laughs at me I said but I'm serious like, like no Like when the old man comes a calling When the world tries to influence When I feel the devil breathing down my neck I stand up I don't cower down like I used to. No, I stand up, not because of anything of me, but because all of what Christ has done. I'm a freed man. And I won't be shackled up again. I won't go under again. You're no threat to me because my God is victorious. And so where's the church today? They're cowering down, not all of them. But the main ones, they're cowering down to deception. The spirit of deception is throughout the earth setting up the stage. And this is how you better recognize how more intense it's going to get. Because the spirit of deception has been unleashed upon the earth. And it has to continue to increase so that the Antichrist comes And when he appears, he's going to deceive. He's going to do these miracles, these wonders. He's going to do all this junk and people are going to be drawn to him. (laughs) But in the end, what does he offer? What does the world offer you? What does yourself give you the rights to do? That may satisfy you in the moment. But that's all you're living for. Is the moment. Instead of living for eternity. See as believers. If you're truly a believer. You gauge things through the eyes of Christ. And you compare it to eternity. No thank you. It's not worth it. No thank you. No thank you. Because this is what's before me. So I'm sorry, why? But I give myself to this. When I'm giving myself to the one who loves me. There's no greater love you all. You ready to walk through some scriptures? Revelation chapter 2 verse 4 through 5. We've got a lot to walk through before we dive into our actual scriptures that we're walking through. But I've got to get these scriptures before us. And oh, how I pray that you are highlighting, that you're taking notes, that when you get the notes from Carrie, that you go back through and you sit down this week, open up your Bible, look at these scriptures, pray through them. If you don't understand them, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and counsel and how you are to apply them, not just hear them. Revelation chapter 2, it's a letter to the church in Ephesus. We're not going to read the whole letter. I just want you to see two verses, verse 4 and 5. Jesus' words. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me. Just stop there for a second. He's saying this to a church. I have this complaint against you. You who gather in my name, you testify of me, you talk of me, you share of me, but you don't love me. Can we just let that settle in for a second? This is Jesus' words. Or each other. You don't love me or each other. As you did first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. And do the works you did at first. If you don't repent. I will come and remove your lampstand. From its place among the churches. Return to me. And maybe you say, well, I never really had any first love. Or I don't know what works that I've done that I need to return to. Well, then you need to come to Jesus. <laughs> That's your first steps. Because he's talking to people who once said, I love you, Jesus. I'll follow you, Jesus. I'm yours, Jesus. I'm laying myself down at the altar, Jesus. It's all you, Jesus. Jesus. And then for whatever reason, the temporalness of life, the religious drew them first instead of a relationship. And they just held a form of religion, denying the power of God to transform their lives. These aren't people who who didn't at one time love him. No, they loved him. They were living. There was fruit coming forth. And for whatever reason, they stopped. And Jesus says, turn back to me. And do the works you did at first. Repent. Repent. See we can't make light of sin you all. We can't make light of the bad attitudes. We can't make light of the words that are coming from our mouth. We can't make light of where we're allowing our hands or allowing our hands to touch. We can't make light of what we're allowing our eyes to fall upon. We can't make light of where we are allowing our feet to lead us. no we can't make light of it because we understand how destructive it is. And we say, oh God. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I repent. And true repentance is turning away from. There's a sorrow you understand. Like, oh, God. It's not like, oops, I got caught. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Like, oh, God. Like, there's a deep sorrow. Like, it's not funny anymore. It's destroying lies. And if you've been born again, you understand that. And if you've fallen away, you got caught up in the things of this world, or the chaos, or the insecurities of life, or whatever, turn back to Him. (laughs) See, that's why the Bible says we are to remain in Him, to abide in Him, that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Go to Mark 12. Mark chapter 12. Verse 29 and 30. Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. You must love the Lord your God. Not when you feel like it. Not when it's appropriate for you. Oh, today I'll go to church. Or today, oh, maybe I'll sit down and and read a few scriptures. Or today maybe I'll post something about Jesus. Or maybe, you know, when I have time, Lord, I'll seek you. That's not loving him. Have you ever been in a relationship, a broken relationship? Oh, you desire so much for it to be a whole relationship. But you know good and well that person's a cheater. You know good and well they don't respect you. But yet you keep trying to give yourself over and over and over. If he would just, if she would just love me. And yet they just walk all over you <laughs> and somehow you find worth in that somehow that's normal for us in our natural state, in our rebellious state but that's not normal see we've got to really grasp the understanding of love I love you all, God's love He's not going to be like us, content that you just run amok on Him, content that you're laying down with everyone and anyone, content that you're just giving yourself away to all these worthless idols, and He's just like, oh, you're back, oh, so good. No, 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 no. That's not God. It's either all or nothing. He tells you, you're either for me or you're against me. Like, this isn't a game. This isn't just some kumbaya, let's all get together, hold hands, and we're all marching into glory. Oh, no. Jesus himself says, do you think I came to bring peace? Oh, no, I came to divide. Like, the gospel offends people. It does. Because we don't want to give up our rights. We're content with all the brokenness around us. Who are you to judge me? I'll live however I want. I'll believe whatever I want to believe in. If I want to be a black lady, I'll be a black woman. And who are you to tell me I'm not a black woman? If I want to believe that I'm a dog and live like a dog and have you treat me like a dog, who are you to tell me I'm human? This is chaos. If I want to believe there's a hundred and some odd genders, when God has only created man and woman, who are you to tell me differently? I'll live however I want. I'll do whatever I want. I'll be with whoever I want because it's all about me. And how crazy is that? Because especially if we're sitting in the church. Now, it's crazy that it's happening in the world. But it's happening in the church. The church is so confused. She doesn't know who she is. Again, not all of her. I remember the bride of Christ. She's to be without spot and blemish. She's to know who she is. She's not to be the whore spreading her leg for anyone and everyone. No, she's to be set apart as pure and holy and righteous. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, everything about you. And you say, well, I I don't have that love for him. Well, then ask him for it. If you're calling yourself a Christian, if you said, no, I've repented. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he is risen from the dead. You've been born again of a new nature. You've received the Holy Spirit. Now it's a process of growth. Now it's a process of being discipled. Why do you think Jesus' words are so important? When he, Before he ascended up into heaven to take his rightful place at the throne of God, he looked at his followers and he said to them, go into the world. Preach the gospel. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey all of my commands. If you're not being discipled, you're going to be led astray. You're going to be tossed to and fro with every new form of teaching that's popular in the church. Instead of being grounded and rooted in truth. Love the Lord your God honor God. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans 5, verse (laughs) 8. I'm going to read verse 8 through 11. God, please listen to this. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right. In God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Oh, do you understand what you have inherited? Do you truly grasp how great our God is? How awesome He is? How good He is? I know He gets painted a bad rap. I've discussed it here. i lived it for many years of blaming God. He gets blamed for everything and anything. Everyone has faults with God. And you will in your flesh, in your old nature, because you're in rebellion towards Him. But when you know Him, when you're in relationship with Him, ah, there's nothing else that can ever compare to it. Nothing. Nothing. There is such peace and hope no matter what your circumstances are in life. Because remember, just because you come to Christ doesn't mean all of a sudden now you sprout um, wings and now you're this angelic being and you're just floating around and life is great. No. He cleans you up. You're birthed out brand new and he says, now go back into the junk and the filth and bear my name. Witness, Be a witness for me. Testify of me. Live for me. But it's hard, Jesus. I know. But I will give you what you need to stand. But they hate me. They will. Because they hated me. You see, this world is not my home. Like, he tells us what is to come. And that's why every other Sunday, if not every Sunday, I try to encourage us to think about our brothers and sisters overseas. I mean, when I think about them, when I read their stories, when I hear their testimonies, I go, what would the church in America do? Well, I can see what they're doing already. They're going to the other side to protect themselves. We don't want them to come for us, so let's just agree with all of them. We'll do as the government says. We'll become a government institution. We'll go by everything and anything the, cultural, the culture is dictating. Poof, it's okay. Poof, 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 poof. Everyone can be a Christian. And that's not even found in Scripture anywhere. And do you know how many people, so-called Christians, believe that? To our brothers and sisters overseas, they share their faith. They talk. They share. Their lives match their talk. And they're sharing. They're not perfect by any means, but they're maturing. They're growing. They're not lazy. They're hard workers. They contribute to society. And if they're being slaughtered. Again, I'll give us this image And I hope it just doesn't fall cold or like, okay, that's cute. Oh, that's not cute. Oh, that's weird. Oh, no, no. I really want it to penetrate our hearts. Like when you got up today and you thought about coming to church, what was on your heart? What was on your mind? Were you drawn to the fact and excited the fact that I'm coming together with the body of Christ, that we are seeking God, we're we're going to be in his presence, we're going to receive of him We're going to serve Him. We're going to serve one another. Oh, how I can't wait to be in the house of God. Or was it just like, oh, it's like any other common thing. Ah, here I am. How sad. When our brothers and sisters overseas, they gather together and they look at each other before they step out of the house. And they say, we may not be together tonight. You may be brutally beaten, raped, mutilated. They may demand you to deny Christ. But little Billy, don't deny him. Little Samantha, don't deny him. Do you love him? They look The husband and I, they look at each other. Don't deny him. Even if they beat me and rape me in front of you. Even if they begin to chop parts of my body off of me. Do not deny Christ. And over here in the West, we teach them uh, veggie tails. And there's nothing wrong with veggie tails, but we got to get a little bit more deeper than teaching our kids of all the stuff, and that's all it is, is stuff. And they don't have anything grounding them in truth to prepare them or equip them that when they step out from your home and now they are engaged in warfare, they don't know how to fight they go, oh, that looks good. That feels good. This is right. What is my mom or what's the pastor talking about? No, look, everything's okay out here, and it's not okay. (laughs) And they, we would not know how to stand if someone kicked down that front door and began to drag us out. And you say, oh, that's to the extreme, (laughs) Rob. And I would say, open your eyes. And see what's happening. Forget about the candidates that are running. But understand the movement that is happening in our culture and in our nation. Take the names, the candidates off the ballots. Just look at the movement and what they believe. And you have a movement that is within our nation that is a communist, socialist movement. And no matter how the church tries to paint it, it's godless. And you say, well, I don't believe that. Go study history. (laughs) Go look at Venezuela. Go look at California. who's been under a socialist agenda. Have you not seen the videos coming from California of the homeless camps that are lining the streets as these people live in their mansions? As they're locked down and they go hours in a day without electricity? Do you not know what's happening? See, it's not about... A politician. Politicians come and go. It's about a movement that's anti Christ led. The spirit of deception is running amok. It knows how to breed chaos and how to pin everyone up against everybody. We are living in days like we have never seen before in this earth, and it's only going to get more troublesome. Are you grounded? Are you found in Christ? oh how I pray that you are are you a friend of God did you hear how that portion of scripture ended do you understand what we've been given God showed his great love for us by sending Christ so the next time you want to hurl an accusation at God be mindful that accusation that you're hurling at him is a lie There's no truth found in it. No matter how you want to state your case, I pray that this scripture will slap you down. Because of his great love, God showed us his great love for us by sending Jesus. And he's made us right with him because of the blood of Christ. on. Go to 1 John, chapter 3. 1 John, we're flipping all the way back to the end. 1 John, chapter 3, verse 1. Only one scripture. 1 John, chapter 3, verse 1. See how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children. Come on. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. We are God's children. The world didn't recognize Him. The world's not going to recognize us. We're not looking to gain affirmation or anything from the lost. What we are doing is preaching the gospel to them. Living the gospel out in front of them. And listen, if you're not living out, and if you're not preaching it, I'm not trying to put a heavy burden on you, but I will ask you, what are you doing? And you say, well, no, that's just for you, Rob, to do. Or that's for the evangelist, the pastor. Oh, the super saint should be doing that. (laughs) No, no, no. If you're a Christian, that's your call. You see, we all have been given the same ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, to go out and tell others about Jesus. Well, I'm intimidated. Well, get a backbone. Because the world is not intimidated to tell you who they are and how they live and what they desire, they're not intimidated to demand their rights no where's the church we're to be empowered by the Holy Spirit we have the truth we are his ambassadors and we can stand and we can know that he is for us he's not against us we're not going in kicking down doors beating people over the head with the Bible or with truth no we're not that's not how we're doing it We're not standing on the corner condemning everyone to hell. No, 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 no. You just live your life and you just share the gospel. And if they're bent and bent towards destruction, you would be a stench of death to them. And they will respond to you in a negative manner. (laughs) But if they're bent and meant for reconciliation, you are going to be a sweet fragrance that's going to draw them Christ there's something different about you what is it oh it's not about what it's about who and anyone can share their testimony you say, Why do we don't have a testimony no you have a testimony if you came to Christ and God is working in and through your life he's not finished with you but you can begin to testify of where you were before him how you lived so selfishly you thought of me, myself and I. There was nothing good about you. I tried to be right, I tried to live a good life. That was your problem. You were trying. We all can share the truth if we're truly rooted in it. Go to John, First John, chapter four, verse nine. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Again, do you see who he is, what he has accomplished, and who we are in him? And I know it's a very common phrase to say in church. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. (laughs) No, you were just a sinner. You were just a sinner. But you're a child of God. Could you imagine if the church awoke into truth and said, wait a minute, why are we claiming what Christ came to free us from? As if it's still lording over us and mastering us. Because I know why the church does it. Because I've fallen into that trap before. Because we see our sin every single day. Oh, we know we're not perfect. We know... The stuff we're doing that maybe others don't know that we're doing, or maybe the stuff we are doing that everyone else knows that we're doing, but it doesn't bother us—we do it anyways. So to justify it all, we then pervert God's love and say, "Well, God loves us. <laughs> God's grace will cover it. <laughs> God knows we're just sinners." And the Christ you preach when you say that and you declare it, is the Christ still either still on the cross or in the tomb? <laughs> but you better remember that that stone rolled away, and he came forth, and sin and death are defeated. And you say, but what do I do when I sin, Pastor? What do I do then? Because, you know, I recognize they still have issues in me. That's fine. But do not declare them to be your master. The Bible says to drag out the fruitless deeds of darkness. Expose them to the light. No, I'm not settling just to be a sinner. No, God rose Jesus from the dead. He is victorious, and He promises us, read the word. That's why when I came to Christ, everything in me, everything of me, as it is with you, but I'll just point the finger at me. Hated Christ. Had all these accusations against God, and there was so much within me that I loved. I didn't hate my life as much. I loved who I was. And so now you're calling me to yourself. Now you're revealing yourself to me, but I know everything in me is against you. Again, that's for all of us. So who am I now, Lord? I know where I would go, what I would do. But God, when I see your word... And I stand and I look in the mirror of it. I don't want to be like it says. Like in James it tells us. Don't look intently into his truth. And then close it up. Or get up and walk out. And then forget who you are. Listen, there is good news you all. I know sometimes when you hear preachers preach, or even if you read the word, it sounds like it's just doom and gloom. It's just doom and gloom. It's just doom and gloom. Oh, is there anything good in this? Have you not just heard the scriptures we're going through? It's nothing but good news for those who believe. And so we share the good news with others. God loves you. But because of his love, he doesn't leave you how you were. (laughs) Because he knows the state in which you're in is completely rebellious against his kingdom. And the ultimate goal is for you to be in his kingdom. Because he desires that none shall perish. But that you would be with him. He takes joy and pride to call you his own. To call you his child. He laid his life down for us so that we may live, not for ourselves. So please, if you're a Christian, stop allowing sin to be your identity. No, stop the filth it's odd it looks weird it's uncomfortable at first but the more you do it the more that you apply truth you'll be like oh wait a minute and it has nothing to do with you you're not boasting of yourself but you're boasting of christ like all of a sudden people be like hey hey and all of a sudden they see something different in you and they be like oh what now you're so oh you're too goody goody what's going on with you but blah, blah, blah. And know uh, you just stand with and then matter of fact just talk about jesus about Jesus, His truth. Like, remember, if you've been born again, you're of a new nature. And you're growing in this nature. It's not about church and the religious hold and and the institution that man has created it to be. Church doesn't liberate you. Religious works would never liberate the sinful man or the sinful woman. It keeps them down. That's the institution that the devil's running. And that's why Jesus can look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious men of Jesus' time, and say, your father is the devil. What, Jesus? Who is this lunatic talking to us this way? We're the men of God. We know God's word. And they're oppressing the people. They're keeping the people away from God because they enjoy their position. And you know what? It's no different today. Not in all churches, but unfortunately, the majority of them. They're not liberated because they're oppressed. By a demonic religious spirit That enslaves them And a lot of churches are okay And content with just the pastor preaching Come into church Hear the word And go right back out I want y'all to have the word of God I don't want you to trust anything I'm saying. I want you to take the word of God yourself and devour it. And that has, that's what it's been from the beginning. Remember Moses? He, did, he, he wanted God to speak directly to the people. And the people, they didn't want to hear from God. No, 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 Moses. You, you speak to us. And Moses was like, no, no, everyone has access. Everyone has access. And men and women, they withdrew. And as it is today, the majority of people are content just showing up for church. You speak. Listen. (laughs) That isn't going to save you. Only Christ can save you. truly believe to have a a, a belief and a confession that jesus christ is the son of god and that he rose from the dead (laughs) go to second corinthians chapter five and if we don't get to our regular scriptures today we'll pick up on them next week i won't keep you here all day But I'm telling you, I need you to have these scriptures for this week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through verse 15. And then we're going to jump to verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 through 15. Oh, please pay attention. (laughs) Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all died, look at this, to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life, oh God, please, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. That's a Christian Again, you're living behind enemy lines. The Bible tells us that the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. You're always going to try to be tempted and drawn. Remember what I said earlier, when you get up, if you're saying you're a Christian, you've called upon the name of the Lord, you've been saved, you've been born again, the assault doesn't stop. It only intensifies. And that's why you better know who you know. Because it doesn't matter what hell throws at you. It doesn't matter what the world parades in front of you. And it doesn't matter what your desires, your insecurities, your past, your wounds try to define you. You say no to all of it. And you say, well, that may be easier for you, Rob. I'm having a really difficult time doing that. Well, then if you're having a difficult time, go to Jesus. Get a, get, account, get accountability. Call me, call someone who you know who will lead you in scripture and prayer. You know, the brother that I, I, I meet with each week, he says, I've sat in church my entire life and I've never heard this. Why is it foreign to me? I said, brother, your eyes are beginning to be opened. Like you have to apply truth. This isn't easy. I'm not getting up every day, you know, floating around, singing kumbaya. No, every single morning I get up before I touch, my feet touch the ground. I remind myself, you're behind enemy lines. (laughs) And you've died to your old life, to your old wants, to your old desires. You are a new creation in Christ. Learn of Christ today. Because here's the great news. We're not going to know the fullness of Christ. We're not going to be perfected until we're with Him. So I never will get up and think I have this Christian life altogether. And look, I'm better than anyone else. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to humble yourself. What is it that I can learn afresh and anew today? See, this is the Christian life. This is living it. This is allowing the true living God to be God for His kingdom, by His power, for His glory. We have to be kingdom-minded people. So when hell comes at your full force, stand. (laughs) When the world parades, whatever, and tries to lure and tempt you, You rest assured that God's word is true and he says he makes their way out of every temptation. So stop looking at the the lure and start looking to Christ. When I I counsel people who deal with perversion, pornography, lust, and all that other junk or any other type of addiction, even addiction to your insecurities, because that's all you think about, that's all you think about, that's all you think about. Look up and look into christ i mean for god's sakes i was a mess of a man (laughs) my desires were in full throttle and it's only because of christ and it's only because of christ And it's not about suppressing them or, you know, no, no, no. It's only because of Christ that he transforms you. But let a day go by that I don't look to Christ. Let a day go by that I don't recognize who I am in Christ and know who Christ is. Let a day go by that I longingly gaze on that that I should not gaze upon. But he makes a way out. He makes a way out from a man who used to make his ways into dark tunnels in a dark building loaded with hundreds of bodies that you couldn't even see but just having every type of sex you can possibly imagine. Yeah. That's your pastor. That's who I was. My desires in and of myself, I wouldn't be standing here preaching the word of God. Declaring freedom. My desires of every morning to get up. And to take shots just to prepare me for my day. Roll a joint. Pop a pill. Just to get through the day. Because I just need to relax. My insecurity, my wounds always being played in front of me. Thinking I found my true love. And I'm swimming in the pool and I get grabbed from behind and I get brutally raped by his lover as he stands in the living room and looks out. Oh, that played over my mind for many years, many years. I was 16 years old. But this is just your life now, Rob. This is just who you are now, Rob. This is just how you live. But that doesn't plague me anymore. The past, the insecurity, the wounds, the abuse, the desires, everything within is brand new. So now then, how should I live? As a friend of God. As a child of God as one whom God loves and was pleased to reveal himself to me, that I would know truly what life is. A whole, Nothing missing, nothing broken. God, everything in me screams and I'm still broken. But Rob, <laughs> quiet yourself. Let me sing songs of deliverance over you. That's what the word of God says in songs that he does. My nights are restless, God. My mind's a mess. I'm afraid my health is failing. Quiet, child. Quiet. You're just focused on the temporal. Oh, this life one day will pass. But when it does, you'll be in my presence. Shh. I've got you. Come on, you all. Are you in
3: relationship with him? Like, do you know
0: him? Because he intimately longs for you. Like, did you not just hear that verse? Verse four and five? Or fourteen and fifteen. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that He that we have all died to our old life. See, that has to be your belief. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And that's the great news. Like the old life is gone. Is it that simple? Oh, yes. Because every day you're believing it. Every day you're confessing it. Every day you're being transformed more and more and more to be Christ-like. That you can live behind enemy lines in a depraved, crooked, and wicked, perverse generation upright. And walk with purpose, serve with purpose love with purpose honor God and all that you do all that you say but I keep slipping up, I keep failing oh, what are you looking at? you're looking at you, you're looking at your failures you're looking at you get over yourself look to Christ, get up the Bible says that a righteous man falleth seven times and each time he gets up get up that's why I always tell you, don't play this, the, the weird condemnation show. I'm just a poor, I, I, I'm, just, I'm not a good Christian. Or don't play and listen to the lies of the enemy telling you, no, this isn't for you. You can never be good enough. <laughs> no, you better look up and say, yeah, 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 I know I'm not good. I know in and of myself I am a wicked Sinner. And rebellion towards an eternal God. But because of his great love. I don't know. Do you preach yourself happy? Because you ought to be. (laughs) Because the majority of our words, we're tearing ourselves down. We're tearing each other down. Could you imagine if you got up today? And instead of being consumed by everything and anything else, you're consumed by the love of God. It doesn't mean you live this weird, flaky life. No, you are living in reality. But your reality does not define you. Like, I can live in the midst of all of this craziness. Because I know in whom I belong to. I'm a dead man. And dead men have no rights. Dead women have no rights. Oh, then what I'm gonna do, I really enjoy this, I really like this, I really do this, this, and that. There's so much more in Christ, you all, that's better. You're settling for the created and you're clinging to the created because that's what the flesh likes. That's what the rebellious nature likes. Like, I want this still to define me. Okay, you can. That's your choice. But do you understand that longing, that craving is only dragging you to death. It's only dragging you to wrath. And that's not what God has for you. God did not create you for his wrath. But if that is what you choose, then so be it. 2 Corinthians 6. Just a couple of verses down, verse 1 and 1 only. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness. Oh my goodness. Highlight this, circle that, and then ignore it. You can't accept it like, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then get up and live. Like nothing you just heard or accepted is truth for you. You can't ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a day of salvation. Like right now. Don't ignore it. Accept it. And again, don't play the weird game. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. Stop hearing the lies of the enemy and start believing the truth. It's the truth that will set you free, you all. And every time I read this scripture, I hear this scripture. I remember this testimony I heard years ago of this mother who stood on the platform. And her daughter was a piece of work, (laughs) was a messy, 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 messy person. A rebellious, crazy, wicked, vile, vile young girl. And she finally came to church. Remember Pastor Johnny from Faith Assembly? I don't know if you remember him, but he was preaching. Man cannot change you, you all. Only the power of God. And while that young girl was sitting there that night, the power of God hit her. She heard truth. She wrestled with it, but she accepted it. And she went to the altar and was born again. She called her mama from the altar with the pastor sitting there on the steps with her. <sighs> I and mean, she left church that night, she was in a car crash that killed her. And that mother was rejoicing on the stage. And she knows that she will see her daughter again. She has hope. 30 minutes on the phone at the altar. When she slipped in eternity. Embraced by God. Experiencing his love. Instead of being separated from him. Not because he's a bad God. (laughs) No, because she would have chosen to deny him. See, we don't know the hour or the day. That last breath will be taken. And I know the common thing of our culture is everyone goes to heaven. (laughs) And I believe that's what hinders the church from evangelizing. Because the pastors stand up over every coffin and everyone goes to heaven. And that's just not the truth, you all. And it's not because God is malicious or evil or bad. Is because that person rejected him. And so, verse 6 as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm coming to a close. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercies of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ we just heard a lot of scripture on God's love we just heard a lot of truth being laid out before us God is pleased to reveal himself to us he longs for that intimate relationship with us and this church received the good news and then all of a sudden Paul is hearing they're living crazy crazy they're starting to believe lies. They're starting to try to add to things. And saying that Christ didn't do enough. They started hearing false deceptive teachings and believing. And so Paul says, I am shocked that you're turning away so soon from God. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be a good news. And I wanted you to see this scripture today because I'm telling you, like if you're not seeing what's happening, oh, how I pray that your eyes would be open. There's a lot of deception that is taking place in the church. I told you, mainline pastors, solid pastors that I have followed for years, ministries that I have followed for years, they have abandoned faith. Over them, just within the last two or three months, all of a sudden they're putting stuff on social media. They're preaching things, and you, and if you're rooted in Christ and you know truth, you go, well, that's odd. Surely He didn't just say that. And you go, oh God, do you know how many people are following that deceptive truth? And that's why even Jesus tells the religious leaders, Listen, you travel as far and wide to win converts, but you're making them twice as much as the son of hell as you are. You're turning them from truth. You're turning them from me. And so Paul gets wind that, Wait a minute, something's going on in this church, and he's got to step in and remind them, Wait a minute. Remember the love of God, the mercy of God. The gospel in which you think you are following is not the gospel you received. Go to Galatians 3, verse 3 through 5. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. You see, when I talk to you about freedom, when I talk to you about being liberated, you have come to an understanding that in and of yourself, you would not seek to be holy. You wouldn't seek to follow Christ. But when Christ is revealed to you, you're drawn in, you're born again, you receive the Holy Spirit, you start being feeling a little bit uncomfortable in your old life, and your old flesh. You realize, no, God, you began this work in me. You are faithful to complete it. I'm the work of your hands. You say that you will not neglect the work of your hands. You know everything about me, and you love me. Even though when I was a complete horrible, wretched sinner a total rebellion, you love me. And so my faults and, and, my, and my flaws, they don't move you not to love me anymore. No, you love me. But I'm not going to remain stuck in them. Because I've been liberated and I know what freedom is. Like I'm not just going to try to do the good works to keep a relationship with you because that is exhausting. And I remember years ago when I fell into that pattern. You know how I fell into that pattern? Because I was around church folks. Religious folk. Everything about church and the Christian discipline wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a freedom. It was, oh, I have to. Oh, I'm not praying enough. I'm not fasting enough. I'm not, I'm not studying enough. And Everything about it became works, 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 works. And your Christian life isn't about works. There is a freedom that comes that says, no, I desire to fast and to pray and to read and to grow and to, and to meet as, as, as a church. I See, it's freedom. I desire it. And even the days that my flesh may war against it, no, 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 flesh, you're getting up because you're not in control anymore. And you just grow and you just mature. And I remember when I fell into that trap, and my Christian life just wasn't fruitful anymore. I just kind of felt dry, just kind of felt, what? where are you, God? as if God left. God didn't leave. I left. I made it about me. I didn't make it about the cross. I didn't make it about the tomb. I didn't make it about the resurrection. no, I made it about me. I didn't make it about his love. no, I made it about my works. Look how good I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I remember my mom and I went to the beach and I said, okay, God, I feel empty. I feel lost. I don't, I don't feel your, I don't feel your presence. I'm going to fast all week. I'm going to study all week. I'm going to pray all week. And I was in the middle of fasting. I was in the middle of studying. I was in the middle of praying and nothing, 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 nothing. And finally I just hit my knees and said, oh God, where are you? God spoke to my heart and said, it's not about where I am. It's about where you are. You've lost your love for me by forgetting my love for you. Stop trying so hard. Just live. Just live. And that's what happened with this church. They had these teachers come in and they started teaching more about the law. More about this, more about that, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta keep it to the you gotta and so people were just being deceived. They were just like, okay, this is what we have to do. And all of a sudden Paul gets away and he goes, Wait a minute, you're fools. What are you doing? You're trying to live out what you receive by the spirit in your flesh. It can never be done. It'll never be done. This is a new way of living. You are a spiritual being. You're no longer bound to the temporal flesh and to the temporalness of this life. No, there's a whole new horizon that you're looking upon because of Christ. And oh, how I pray that we would remember the scripture when we find ourselves entrapped to that vicious cycle because it's nothing new. It's been happening for decades. That's how the enemy works. Did God really say, should it really be that easy? You're gonna have to work a little bit harder. So, you're not like the other Christians in your life. Oh no, you better. And I'm saying just lies and lies and lies and lies and lies. And we believe it. Oh no, people. We need to be liberated, you all. Go to Galatians 5 7 through 8. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for He is the one who called you to freedom. I want you to remember that verse, or these two verses. Paul said, I've seen your growth. You were growing. You were liberated. But you went back. Why did you go back? Who has held you back from the truth? It isn't God. And again, we all have accusations against God. But listen, we better understand that there's no error in God. Error is in man. God is love, God is truth. For he is the one who called you. To freedom. And like I said earlier, you all, <laughs> we're living in chaotic times. And those who are in the church, we better understand freedom. And freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> in the end, we know where the world is going. Prophecy is being fulfilled. And if you've never studied prophecy, then would you just come and study prophecy with me? It'll blow your mind. Like, like, seriously, like what I've said over these past years, like, For years now, I've been telling us, warning us, get grounded, get rooted. Deception is here, and it's always been here, but it's going to run amok. It's going to escalate. It's going to rise like we've never seen it in our time. And it's only going to continue because that's what is meant. This world is not our home. The earth is passing away. The earth is groaning for the return of Christ. That's why Jesus says, listen, if my people don't worship me, these rocks will begin worshiping me. Creation is crying out to be restored. We ruined creation. Back in the garden. It fell under the curse as we fell under the curse. But God is a God that redeems. God is a just God. He's a holy God. And he has an eternity awaiting for those who belong to him. This is the good news. And so we're living in crazy times. And like I said, strip the name of the political party. Strip the name of the candidates. Just put all that aside. And see what's in front of us. A movement that is anti-God. That alone. The world's not going to care about that. I'm talking to the church. And when I see the church. Crumbling underneath it. Caving into it. Whoring herself out to it. I go oh Lord. Are you not. Like right there. (laughs) Because that's what's going to happen. Like if we don't know truth. If we don't remain in truth, like everything on this earth, everything on this earth that's not of God, the bride of Christ, everything else, all these other groups, all these other whatever, (laughs) they don't love God. They don't want God. And if they want Him or if they talk about Him, it's on their terms. He'll be the God how we create him to be. And then you come along, and you share Jesus, and you share truth, and they will beat you down. See, the church better start really start feeling uncomfortable on this earth. And for years, as I've been praying, as I've been praying, just, just for us and the church at large, I said, oh God, equip because we're not ready, we're not ready, we're not ready. Especially over here in the West, we're not ready for what's coming. And you say, oh, but that's bleak, that's, that's doom and gloom. No, 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 that's not doom and gloom. That should provoke you to go, oh God, something greater is coming. <laughs> You're coming. Because the more doom and gloom we see approaching this earth, the closer you are at hand. Because all of this has to happen. All of this has to happen. And I'll just share this last thing before I hit these last two scriptures. I told you, what was the year 1940-something with Israel?
2: 48.
0: 48. Before 1948, no country, no, no territory, no Israel. The Jews were scattered throughout the earth. But biblical prophecy says... There has to be a territory. Israel has to be on the map. For many years, it wasn't on the map. And I say to myself, if I was in the church back then, I would have a question. It says Israel has to be here. And thus, for us to to really long and know that Christ is returning, there has to be an Israel. It's not even on the map. But biblical prophecy tells you, oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. And when it comes back, scripture says, when Israel, poof, appears, everything begins to escalate. His return is near. And in 1948, in one day, it's never been done ever before on the face of this earth. In one day, the United Nations, poof, Israel, on the map. And then if you study from 1948 up until now and even days to come, you will see the signs of the times. And we just want to play church. We just want to be like, oh, uh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. <laughs> oh my God. I'd say, God, help us. Like, listen, there's so much more, you all. And that's my hope for today, is that you would really grasp there's so much more to your faith. There's freedom. There's hope. There's encouragement. You're loved by the Almighty God. And your past and even your present doesn't have to define you because God is greater and God is good. Go to Galatians. Uh, I'm in. Ezekiel. Go to Galatians. Did I read um, 7 and 8? I already read, right? 5, 7, and 8. So now we're going to move to Galatians 5, chapter 13, I mean, uh, chapter 5, verse 13 through 25. Here we go. Coming to a close. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Listen to this. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom, listen, to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires, look at this, that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And before I go on, I want to lay out this understanding. Whenever the law of Moses is preached without pointing to the gospel of Jesus. (laughs) The law of Moses only condemns. Because that's what the law was meant to do. But the law points to Jesus. Because remember, Jesus says, I didn't come to do away with it, I came to fulfill it. Because there would be no created being apart from me that would be able to fulfill those laws. But I fulfilled them. And in me, You're safe. You're complete. You're whole. You're loved. You're treasured. And you can live this new life. Because how horrible it is to say all through Scripture you can have a new life and then continue to come to church and church and church and church and not experience the new life. What a crazy God we would have then. Well, why are you telling me I can live, but I'm just constantly enslaved? No, no, no. If you're a Christian, you have been set free. God is holy, God is just, God is right, and that's why He tells us if you walk habitually, consistently, in step with the Spirit, remember, He says, I have to go away so that He will come, the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your teacher, He's going to be your guide, He's going to be your counselor. And if you walk in step with him, guess what? The Bible says you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Because when the flesh comes from calling, it can't compare to what you have received. That's why I said earlier, you're not going to trade your freedom so quickly. I can't, no. It's of no use to me. I don't want that. I've got him. I've got all that I need. I'm content. I'm at peace. I'm happy. Life is going chaotic around me it's okay. peace is within me. <laughs> and so we get this picture that they're warring against each other <laughs> when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear: sexual morality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Now listen, he's talking to the church, so let's not forget, we know all that stuff goes on out in the world, but he is talking to the church, and he's saying, listen, all of that's going on in here, and look at what he says here. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because these people became so content because they listened to a false gospel that we could just live however we want. And God's grace, God's grace, God's grace, and God's grace. The more we sin, the more grace is going to be revealed. This is the crazy teaching they were believing. And so Paul had to kick open the doors of the church and say, listen, what this shall we say? Shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Certainly not. Don't you know that if you died with him, you've been raised up with him into a new life, Like, remember who you are in Christ. This is the works of the flesh. This is what comes out of one who is still enslaved to the sinful nature. But you are a free people. So, let me tell you, he says basically, but the Holy Spirit, verse 22, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. This is what's being grown and matured in you. You're not going to be perfected until you're with him. So here's a piece of advice when you are facing and you will face seasons of great intense battle don't beat yourself up <laughs> just ask, the, ask God what do you want to grow me in do I need to love more maybe I need more self control God I'm not patient you're rebuilding that to me I'm losing my peace I'm not being gentle I'm not being kind, and sometimes it's both. All of them, maybe all at once. But always seek Him. What are you growing me in? Because this is what you produce in my life, and I want to love better. I want I want to be filled with joy, because maybe I'm just lacking it. But God, I'm sensing it, and You're speaking to me. That's why I've always told you: when you're going through trials in life, don't ask to get out of them so soon. So many times, our natural instinct is to pray, Oh God, take me out of it, take me out of it, take it, stop it, stop it. No, no, no. You better want to, you want to stay in it until you get all you need to mature and to grow. To step, take a step forward. See, your Christian life is a progress of being, of moving forward. It's not stagnant. It's not stumbling backwards and remaining backwards that's why paul tells the church listen stop laying the elementary foundations of christ over and over and over and over and over over again you say what's the elementary foundations of christ the same elementary foundations of christ okay god it's that basic knowledge of christianity it's the basic knowledge of jesus and we have to constantly lay, no, you ought to be teachers by now, but you still need to be fed. You ought to be ones who are laying on of hands. You ought to be the ones that are experienced this and this and this and this, the greatness of God. But we have to stay back here and keep spoon feeding you. And that's not how it should be. Yes, when you're a new babe in Christ, you need to be spoon fed. Until you're able to take the spoon yourself and then go to the meat and start chewing on the meat. You start knowing who your God is and you start recognizing wait a minute, I've been lied to my whole life, but God has been gracious and kind to reveal Himself to me. Oh, what a great God. Last verse John chapter 5. Oh it's important to see this verse And again I pray that y'all will Take these scriptures that you're going to receive And just sit with them And if you have questions call me If you can join us Wednesday nights Come Wednesday nights join by a video call Like you need to go deeper Into the word of God In order for it to truly begin to start Transforming you These are Jesus' words I'm going to end with John chapter 5 verse 39 to 43 you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Now before I go on and finish with those last, that last verse, did you just not hear what was said? "You search for me. You read scriptures. You come to church but you're missing me. Because everything you're doing, everything you're reading is, is, is pointing to me, and yet, and yet, you refuse to come to me to receive eternal life. Now, you say, what's, okay, Rob, what are you saying? I've been parked on this scripture all week. Like, who is hindering people coming to Christ? Who? What, who does Scripture say? You. Not God, not Satan, not your friends, not anyone but you. God is pleased to reveal Himself to you. God is pleased. Just step in and say, "Here I am right through my Son Jesus. This is my great love for you. Would you come? Would you receive of me? Would you repent? Would you turn to me and give me your life? I will satisfy you. Salvation is found in me and me alone. You will be born again. I mean, you're searching. You see, if there's anything that you can go to the bank on, every created man and woman has a need to connect to God. Maybe not the true God, but a God. Why do you think idols are created? Why do you think false religions are formed? We give ourselves over to stones, to metals, to to wood, to no belief at all, because I'm an atheist. But yet you're believing against what? (laughs) Against the God. And people search, and they go, and they learn, and they do all this stuff just to try to connect to some form of deity. And God himself says, listen, here I am. Here I am. It's as simple as that. I love you. I've sent my son for you. He's taken your punishment. He's gone to the cross. He rose on the third day. He defeated sin and death. He has liberated mankind. Those who would believe and receive. Yet, you refuse to come to me. And I've sat this week just praying and weeping over the scripture and weeping for people. Because as deception is mounting more and more on the face of this earth, there will be many who will still say, he's not God. I will not follow him. Okay, he went to the cross, he went to the tomb, but I will not believe that he rose from the dead, that he can make a difference in my life. See, even in the book of Revelation, where all hell is hitting this earth, there's still going to be people on this earth that's going to raise their fists to heaven and cry out, you're not God. Yet you refuse come to me. He goes on. Your approval means nothing to me (laughs) because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my Father's name and you have rejected me. You see, that's the end. (laughs) Bottom line. It's not God rejecting you. you rejecting God again it's not God rejecting you it's you rejecting God my past my pains my wounds my insecurities my everything about me is more important to me to cling to to hold to because I can identify with all this than some mumble jumble some good wishes some old man in the sky then stay stuck in your past. That dictates your present that ultimately will lead you to a future of destruction because all of it feels better to you than to receive the love of God who says, listen, I've stepped in. I've redeemed you. I've paid the price. You're mine. If you would just Believe. Believe. That's what Jesus talks about. A simple, childlike faith. That he is the son of God and that he rose from the dead. It'll change your life. It'll transform your life. So before we have communion, I'm going to play this one song. (laughs) And then I would just ask that the song just be sung over you. Then we're going to take communion for those who want to take it but we do communion as the body of Christ in remembrance of him. That's what Jesus says. Do this in remembrance of me. Because there's going to come a day for those who are in Christ that we're going to take it together with him. And so we do it in remembrance. And maybe you say, but I don't feel like, I don't feel good enough to take it. (laughs) Did you not hear anything today? It's not about you. Now The Bible says search your heart before you do take it. You just don't want to make light of it because then you can read damnation on you. <laughs> the Bible says. So you do want to search your heart as the song is being played. Confess any sin that you know. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're not a follower of Christ. Well then accept him in this moment. You said, well, don't I need to be led in a prayer? No, you just got to believe. You just got to believe. I pray with people when they need that. But the sinner's prayer is not what saves you. Your belief and your confession is what saves you. You say, what do I say to God? Just what you've heard. I'm a sinner. But I believe. I may not fully have it all together, but God, I believe. I believe that you are the Son of God and that (laughs) you rose from the dead. And I don't know how that's going to transform me, but God, I believe it will. And I'm trusting you. And in that moment, in that moment, you receive everything that God has for you. And that's why you take the steps of being baptized. Baptize again. Baptism again isn't this mystical thing. It's just a statement. I'm dead to self and I'm alive in Christ. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, I'm the best Christian that ever walked the earth. Yeah, no. It's just the outward signal of a death and coming back to life. And then you need to be disciple. You need to be disciples. Because man says. But that's what Jesus' words. Go preach the gospel. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teaching them to obey all my commands. So if that's what you need to do, do that. And then take communion for the first time like you've never taken it before. But either way, if you want to take it, it's going to be passed out. I'm going to play the song. I'm going to close this in prayer. And then we'll done for the day. But Norma, would you come pass out the communion? And if you wouldn't mind um, taking it downstairs too. will let the song encourage you as you spend time in prayer.
4: Jesus as simply a reminder that your body was broken on our behalf, because it says in your word in Hebrews that there has to be a blood payment for sin, and it also says that sin cannot enter heaven. So in order for us to spend eternal life, there had to be a payment for our sin. And so we hold this cracker, Jesus, in remembrance of that sacrifice, so that as we live our lives, there is a hope that we would remember that our life a life was given for our life so that we can walk in freedom and in victory from sin and from death because we know father that Jesus died for us but as we were reminded today he is not dead he conquered sin and death and we believe because on the third day he rose and Jesus, you sit at the right hand of the Father and the Bible says that he is interceding on our behalf. So Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. And we do this in remembrance of that so that when we go and when we live and when we put our hands to something, and when we go to speak, and when we go to make decisions, may they honor you and honor that sacrifice. We do this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take
0: the breath. And I'm to pray over the cup.
1: all things new. Yes. Jesus, I thank you so much that you love us first. Nobody really loved the this they made it down his life